Hello everyone, this is your host Ramakrishna from Usha Investment Group LLC. Welcome back to Multifamily AP360, the show where we discuss 360 degrees views on mindset, passive and active multifamily investing. For those who are looking for tips, strategies, best and challenging experiences. Also, I request you to share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Today's our guest are Stuart Grazier and David Gutierrez from Storehouse 310 Ventures. Welcome, Stuart and David. Hey, thanks, Rama. Appreciate you uh, having us. Yeah, thank you very much. Sure. Awesome. So, yeah, please go ahead and uh, introduce a little bit more about yourselves. Yeah, of course. Um, I am uh, Stuart Grazier. Actually, David and I just uh, retired from the Navy after 20 years of service um, and while serving, we were um, very interested in real estate and had been kind of dabbling in real estate um, in lots of different uh, niches and strategies really ever since uh, we graduated college. And we ended up uh, deciding to uh, partner and form our business about four years ago after kind of doing some uh, side hustle stuff on our own. And so we uh, built out a company tried to try to help other investors within our network, uh, primarily in our military network, buy real estate. Um, and that started just with single family houses, uh, duplexes, we were buying and, and rehabbing houses and turning into rental properties. And from that, you know, the, the business has grown quite a bit. You know, we had to raise a lot of money from friends and family to, to start our business. And so that has really helped us grow, uh, raising money. And, and that helped us also grow into uh, bigger deals, multifamily deals and and uh, doing a lot more lending and raising capital. Yeah, thank you, Rama and uh, David Gutierrez here. As Stu said, we were we actually went to college together at the Naval Academy, have known each other for about 25 years now, and uh, really became, you know, became best buds. And, and then also about four years ago, as Stu said, we started this business. And so I think we also really uh, rely on and leverage our our just our leadership skills and and uh, training from being in the military for twenty years to to help us to build teams and and to figure out you know the best way to leverage our skills and and try to uh, apply them towards businesses that that we're interested in. So it's it's been a it's been an awesome adventure for for the both of us. And now we we uh, now that we're out of the navy, we have time to to really focus on on team building and trying to to grow and expand the businesses that we that we've started together got it thank you very much so, and you mentioned like you your leadership skills from navy side you are implementing into real estate would you share any specific you know leadership skills that you uh, that you learned from you know, or you implemented navy side and implementing in real estate side yeah for sure i mean i think you know, we, we don't really have many tangible skills outside of, of uh, being put into tough situations and being expected to lead. And, and I think, you know, all joking aside, I think the just the ability to think on your feet, but also to have the humility to recognize that that everything is a team sport. You know, when you look at real estate, it's people do it on their own. And I think that those that figure out how to do partnerships, it really and really understand it's a it's a it's a people game. They're the ones that can really thrive. And if you think about it, you know, anytime you're looking at negotiating a deal or you're you're looking at, you know, you're working with uh, realtors or any kind of, of team to try to um, even just find a deal. I mean, when's the last time you negotiated with a house, right? You don't, you don't negotiate with houses. You, know, you negotiate with people. Uh, you negotiate with, with whether it's a seller, it's a buyer. Um, and it's, it's really the, the refining the people skills that, that helps you to uh, advance the business. And I think, 
you know, I think really leveraging leadership skills and, and experiences helps you to, to not only thrive in your business, not only to, to grow a business uh, and have successful partnerships, but it, but it really enables you to, to get the best deals. And, and a lot of times if, uh, if you have people skills, I mean, you're going to get deals thrown your way. You're going to be saying no a lot more than you're saying yes. And that's a great place to be. I'd also say that, um, you know, and David talks a lot about this um, in some of the other questions that we've had on podcasts, but, you know, humility is um, a really powerful skill when it comes to, uh, to leading teams being humble enough to know that, that there are a lot of things, uh, like David said, that we're not good at and, and finding those people, uh, that are good at the things that we're not good at. And then we can focus on just the things that, that we know that we, um, you know, our God given rights and talents uh, were made for. So what we've really been able to do is, is build out teams and find people, um, to join our team that can help us to do the things that, that we're not good at. And, uh, there's a lot of things that David isn't good at. Um, so we needed a, a lot of help uh, in, in that department to uh, to kind of lift him up. Yeah. And Rama, unfortunately, uh, one of the things I'm worse at is picking business partners. So. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, again, like real estate is a sport a team game and we need to find the right team. So what are the ways you guys are implementing to identify right team or attract right kind of people to your business? Yeah, you know, I think it all begins with knowing yourself and, uh, you know, what, what goes into that? Well, it goes into understanding your why. Why are you even doing a real estate business? Are you in it just to make money? Are you in it to support your family? Like, what, what is the reason that you're doing real estate, uh, you know, in the first place? And really, not just real estate, but anything, you know, what's, what's your purpose of getting up in the morning and, and uh, you know, attacking the day? If, if you don't have a clearly defined why, I think it makes it very difficult to, to really be able to communicate that to a team. And then spending time figuring out your core values are are is just a is a huge benefit and a, and a great use of time because then when you go to to try to build a team you have a foundation that you can communicate from you can say okay well this is what's important to me you know my giving is important to me service is important to me uh, it's important that we take care of people and and you're able to have a conversation of what's important to you and then. Uh, you use those things that you developed that you spent time in to really vet the the team that you're trying to build. And if you don't know yourself, if you don't know why you're doing this stuff, if you don't know even what your core values are, then it's pretty difficult not only to communicate with your future team members, uh, the thing that you're that you're that you're trying to accomplish, the mission that you're trying to accomplish, but but it's also you're kind of floating. You don't know you don't know how to analyze just like you analyze a property based on numbers, right? How, how do you analyze people in the team if you don't even have the baseline, you know, quote unquote, numbers to go from? And I think that's what your core values and your foundation really gives you to to be the basis to to build the team from. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. And uh, so, what what is the reason behind choosing real estate as a vehicle? So you worked on navy side, but you chose real estate as a vehicle. So. What is the reason? Um, I mean, so David and I just, we, we just love real estate. You know, there's, there's something about taking an old beat up property and um, going in and refreshing it and making it new again. And then knowing that uh, real estate, you know, housing in general is, is offering for someone to, to have a place that they call home. And there's a lot of memories. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, service and giving towards uh, the real estate aspect. 
Um, so that in itself is just fun for us. We love going and walking houses and walking properties and, and discussing what we can do to it to make it better. Um, and, uh, so that's, that's very satisfying and fulfilling for us. Um, additionally, you know, the, the, you know, I don't, I, I wouldn't say that, uh, real estate in general is, is quote unquote passive, but, but there is, uh, a, some passivity to it. Um, if you do it correctly and do it right. And so what that does for us is it gives us uh, optionality. It gives us, uh, freedom to then be able to um, really focus on the things that we really want to focus on. Uh, first of that being uh, our families. Uh, both David and I have um, young children, and uh, it's really important to us to to spend time with our families and spend time with our kids. And so uh, if we have a regular nine to five W-2 job where we're leaving the house every day and going and sitting in an office, um, there's so many things that we wouldn't be able to do with our families. Um, and, but with real estate, uh, you know, that affords us the ability to have optionality and choose uh, when we when we work and when we when we uh, choose to be with our families and kids. Got it. And real estate also, I mean, from a business is a sound business, uh, assuming you do it correctly and, and, you know, you minimize your bad deals and you maximize your your decent and good deals. Uh, but but it also I think there's when you understand when you start really thinking about money and paying attention to money and how you can use your dollars as employees. I think that really, you know, there 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 are a, a few areas that you can really invest and and put your money to work, and and uh, there's not a ton of places that offer as much, you know, opportunity to leverage and and to to maximize your investment like uh, real like real estate does. And so we we think from a business perspective, it's also a great place to to focus and and build a business out. Got it. And so, what kind of asset classes you are targeting, and which markets you are targeting? So I was I was joking a little bit earlier before we before we hit record, but but any anything that could provide an opportunity uh, for us that we that we see is interesting, honestly. Uh, we, we've, we've tried and done a little bit of everything. You know, we've done single family houses, duplexes, multifamily flips, uh, lending, uh, mobile home parks, RV parks. Um, we've been limited partner investors on apartment deals. And so honestly, anything that, that is in the real estate, real estate space, you know, there's an opportunity that we see, um, we will jump on it and, you know, so a lot of people say that you need to focus down on one niche, one asset, but we honestly think that it's probably good to be a little bit diversified, not only in uh, markets, but also in, in asset classes. So, um, so yeah, so we, we, we like it all. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Uh, would you share any best experiences, any, any asset class? Yeah. You know, and I think a, a caveat to that as well is there's power and focus and, while we we do have a number of different areas that we're, we're looking, I also want to highlight that you know when we did single family homes, I mean we were focused very very specifically in two zip codes in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and did you know over a hundred deals just in those two zip codes. So while and then those opportunities then open the door to other opportunities, and I think a best practice you know from a best pack practice standpoint, what what you should you should focus on understanding what you want out of real estate. And I think you know there, there's a shiny object syndrome and you can go all over the place. But but one thing Stuart and I have when we're analyzing deals is we have expected return, like our minimum returns that we're willing to accept. We have a certain level of criteria across any asset class that we're looking at. And so that really helps us to analyze deals, whether it's a mobile home park or it's a syndication or it's a single family home. And I think really then you just, you can, you can niche down into the area that you're most passionate about. And, and, and I'll tell you, 
you know, we really like single family homes. I've always liked single family homes. I mean, I, I love the benefits of, of other asset classes, but, but I think we'll always be doing single family homes in some capacity, uh, whatever market we're looking at. And, and I think that's because we have spent time not only uh, creating the, the criteria by which we analyze the properties and understanding what we want out of those properties, but then also uh, just, just understanding that, that there are certain things that we like better than others. And if you don't enjoy single family homes, then, then I'd say, you know, very quickly move on to, to an asset class that you enjoy. And if you don't enjoy real estate, then maybe you're a, a passive investor in, in notes or a fund or something like that. But I think figuring that out pretty quickly is, is really a good way to, um, you know, as, as a lesson learned, again, it's spending time analyzing what you want, the, what's the why, and, and what are the expected returns that you're looking for and, and all these different pieces before you do a deal. And then you do a deal. And I think that's the biggest lesson is you do a deal and you figure it out. And that may not be a home run, maybe a single, maybe a double, maybe it's a home run. You never know. But, but I think the, uh, uh, the point is to take some action and do it. And then that'll really tell you if this is for you or not. Got it. Thank you. So would you, would you also share any challenging experiences in, in, in any asset classes? I mean, I'll, I'll give this one to Stu, but how much time do you have, Rama? I mean, we could, yeah. this question, we could take a long time on. <laughs> lots and lots of challenges. Uh, there's a, there's never a dull moment in real estate. Uh, I'll say that for sure. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've had so many unexpected things come up on, on, you know, projects that we've started uh, from, you know, a, an uninsured, um, unlicensed, uh, you know, 15 year old kid driving uh, his grandma's car, who's also uninsured through a, a garage uh, that we had just rehabbed a house on and turned over as a rental property. Uh, that was, that was fun. You know, we've had uh, permitting challenges. We've had um, fires. Uh, we, we've had the, the gamut of, of things go wrong, you know, uh, lenders um, kind of back out last minute. So there's, there's a large, uh, wide variety of, of challenges and issues um, that come up. But, you know, I think uh, David and I just figure out a way and, and push forward and, and take our lessons learned and our failures and um, keep on learning from them and, and get better for it. Got it. I think the best thing that you can do is just assume that something's going to go wrong. And I think if you plan for the worst case scenario, you just, I think that's a great starting point and not, not to be a pessimist in any way, not to, uh, you know, uh, come into a business depressed every day, but, but I think it's important that you recognize that you're dealing with real estate, which has its own up and downs and market and economy. You're dealing with people potentially tenants. If you're a landlord, you're dealing with uh, contractors, you're dealing with these things that um, there, there's just going to be some, some built-in frustrations that you, that you might as well accept and you might as well expect them. And then when you go into it, then you're able to address and, and, and uh, deal with them as they come. But, but if you expect it to be a, a walk in the park and you expect everything to be perfect, it, this is not, this is not the business and it's going to be a very, very disappointing experience. And so I think if you're able to, to expect it and have fun with it and, and move on and, and recognize the good for the good and the bad for the bad, I think that's a great place to start as well. Yeah, got it. That totally makes sense. Uh, and also to what you mentioned, you have experience in lending side also. So would you share how exactly, uh, you know, from lending side, how exactly view as, you know, if someone comes to you? Yeah. So um, one, of the, one of the first uh, strategies and niches that I got into as an investor was, was private lending primarily because I was still 
very active uh, in my military career, flying, flying helicopters and deploying all the time. And so I needed to find something that was incredibly passive. Uh, and I, I would say that private lending is, is probably one of the most passive forms of real estate. So, you know, I would go on a deployment, um, you know, make a decent amount of money, save it all up because I didn't really have any expenses. And then I would come home and I would um, try to find an opportunity to, to lend my money out while I was continuing to fly and deploy. Uh, and so that's how I learned. That's how I started. Um, since then, you know, I, I've always been a private lender on the side, helping people within my network. I'd lend money on, on uh, rehab projects, on flips, uh, and even on some longer term deals where you just buy the mortgage note and, and own a long-term mortgage note. Um, and then David and I recently, um, you know, we use private money on every single one of our deals that we uh, buy and rehab on our, on our single families and, and small multifamilies. And so we decided to create a fund, um, a debt fund where we would raise money from, from other people, from our investors that we've been using for all of our single family houses and our flips and, and put that into a larger pool of money and then lend that out as a debt fund. Um, and so we've, primarily have one main uh, main borrower uh, on our team in Milwaukee, but um, we have uh, lent money out uh, to a few other um, places. Got it. Yep. And that totally makes sense. Uh, and also you guys already, uh, you have very strong in recapitalizing. So would you share you know, any best practices? Yeah, I think, you know, being honest is, is a, a, a really good trait to have, especially when you're raising money. And I think it's it's the the, the relationships and, and understanding where you're getting your money, how, how you're using your money, being open. Again, real estate is not going to always be, uh, you know, a super everything is not positive about real estate. Right. There's going to be challenges that come up. I think the quick the more quickly that you address those with your investors, you talk about it, you make sure that they know that anytime something happens, you're going to be honest and 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 uh, forthright and you're going to do that very quickly. Um, you know, one of the things we love to say is bad news, bad news doesn't get better with time. So you just address issues up front. And as you build that trust, uh, you know, people are going to want to invest with you and and you're. You know, again, based on your core values and, and how you set up your fund, I mean, it, it, as long as you prioritize paying your investors back and you're not, you know, you're not putting their money at risk by doing bad deals, uh, that you're trying to be as prudent as possible with with other people's money. I think that those are all places that um, that you can really excel at something like a fund. And and again, that just takes time. It takes, uh, you know, it takes uh, uh, effort to, to build that trust and to get out there. And then ultimately you want to give a, a, a good return, you know, don't let, uh, you know, you don't want to try to use other people's money to just benefit yourself. You really want to make it worthwhile for them and the money that they're trusting you with. And I think those are, you know, those are, those aren't as practical from a, you know, a tactical standpoint on how you're deploying the money, but it's more, again, it goes back to that relationship and, and those soft skills, I think, are are, are going to be the biggest benefit to help you raise as much money as possible to, to put to good use. Thank you for sharing that. So, and what is your current focus? What are you excited about right now? Yeah, we, we've been focused a lot on, on just building out uh, our fund and then and using that fund to uh, to lend money out to our partners. Um, you know, we've been we've been lending on a lot of flips uh, in, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, but we recently also um, purchased a commercial deal in um, in Canyon City, Colorado, which is kind of a tertiary market to Colorado Springs, and um, it's a uh, retail space on the bottom, and then there's 16 apartments up top. Um, it's a historic building, and so we're we're learning a lot about keeping uh, historic uh, credit to a building. There's a lot that goes into that that we're learning about, um, getting historic tax credits for it, which is really really cool. 
Um, and we're going to turn these 16 apartments that haven't been um, lived in, in in a long time uh, into uh, Airbnbs. Um, and it's right on Main Street uh, in, in Canyon City, which is a really cool uh, old town. Um, and uh, that's, that's, it's been a lot of fun so far. Uh, we haven't broke ground on, on the demo yet because we're still getting through the uh, permitting process and the historic uh, process and all the, the reports that we have to do ahead of time to get in with the city. But um, it's been a really good learning process for us. Awesome. And good luck with that. Thanks. And any personal habits that are helping you to be successful? So it's for both Stuart and David. Yeah, I think... You know, I think having, um, I think the habits, whatever your habits are, building those into a repeatable process that you do or repeatable things that you do every day uh, also helps you through time management. So for, you know, for me, I like to get up in the morning. I like to, you know, I'm a, I'm a spiritual person. So I like to get in the Bible first thing in the morning, you know, Stu and I are, are doing a, we've done a number of programs together to, you know, reading programs. So there's also accountability built into, into that reading. But I mean, it's simple, you know, there's simple things you wake up, I brew a cup of coffee, sit down, get my uh, Bible reading in. And then I, you know, we're both uh, early morning, we like to work out. So just getting, you know, I like to get my mind straight, go for a walk or do some weightlifting, whatever it is, you know, get a workout in. And, uh, and then, you know, you get after the day and what that looks like, uh, you know, I'm trying to get better at my, my daily, my daily battle rhythm. But a lot of times it just looks like time blocks for you know, writing, creating content, doing podcasts, and and the things that that we're trying to do to to push our business forward. And then, of course, you know, for me, uh, school's out right now here, and it's summertime. But during the year, I like to get my kids up, make them breakfast. Um, you know, and I build time in for that stuff. Right, take them to the bus stop, take them to the school, and get work done, and be available for them when they come home. So, building all that stuff, you know, making your your ha- your calendar. Uh, a part of your habit and building in the things that you want to do, I think is, is, is critical. And it's super important to, to really live the life that you want to live. Good. How about you, Stuart? Yeah. I mean, similar. I think um, what's really important is, um, you know, create long lasting habits um, that you're constantly uh, striving to get better every single day. And, you know, that's, that's uh, first thing in the morning, starting uh, your day off right uh, with what David was saying about, you know, kind of a, a morning routine and getting into that habit of, of, you know, getting your mindset right, getting your body right, getting your health right and focusing um, on what's important uh, for you uh, first thing in the morning. I personally think, um, you know, waking up early and, and starting off uh, that way is way better than, than um, you know, sleeping in. And um, I always feel that if you can get up early before uh, before the rest of the world starts, you know, you can you can kind of really take some time and focus on you. Um, and so uh, that's that's where I go every single morning. I know David does the same thing. So I think that's super important is to get that really good morning routine uh, knocked out. Cool. And any books that impacted your life and what way? Oh man, there's so many good books. Um, one of my top favorites is uh, the Go Giver, and that entire series uh, from uh, Bob Berg and John David Mann. Uh, we've become uh, pretty good friends with John David Mann and, and his wife uh, Anna Gabriel Mann, um, and uh, and yeah, we've had them on our podcast a few times, um, and uh, I, I, that's just a great series of books. Yeah, same. I, I was gonna say Go Giver. Uh, you know, been been a big fan. Uh, another one that has been popping to mind a lot recently that I read. I'm gonna reread is uh, The Wealthy Gardener, and just the way that it, um, you know, or The Richest Man in Babylon. Those are books that I think it's really important to understand how we look at money. I think too often we try to focus on making money, 
And, and I think we should focus more on understanding, understanding money and understanding the power of money and using it as a tool, not necessarily as a, as a life goal, but as a tool. I mean, you know, to me saying money is a goal is like saying a hammer is a goal, right? Like a, a hammer is not a goal. And I think just, uh, you know, j- equally. So I think having money as a goal is, is just, it's not, it's not a very strong place to, to base our, our efforts. And so I think understanding what money you know, as a tool can do for you and can do for others is, is a very important place, uh, important place to be. And, um, you know, those books really kind of, uh, they, they really help you to see and to frame money in, in, in an appropriate manner, at least in my opinion. Got it. And, and how are you giving back to community? Yeah. So our business is called Storehouse 310 Ventures. Um, the, the Storehouse 310 parts, it comes from uh, Malachi 310 in the Bible, which uh, talks about giving a tithe to the storehouse. Um, and, uh, so that's what we did. We set up our business in a way that, um, we would take the first 10% of all profits from our businesses and, and put those, uh, towards, um, you know, charitable nonprofit organizations that we support and we believe in, uh, we've been, uh, supporting a, a nonprofit, um, here in Colorado Springs called the Exodus road, which, uh, they, um, are on the fight against human trafficking around the world. And, uh, we've gotten to know them really well and, and have been supporting them. Um, but we've, we've supported a lot of other really great charities. You know, we're passionate about, um, veterans and, and military, and then also the, the human trafficking. So we've, you know, found a lot of great organizations to support, um, through our business. Awesome. And how can listeners can connect with you? Hey, sorry, I couldn't come off mute. Uh, so we have a website, storehouse We're about to uh, hopefully soon drop another website that uh, uh, just links all of our overarching efforts. You know, the podcast, we're starting a mastermind, uh, the real estate stuff. And that is to remind me that one hasn't dropped quite yet, but that's a uh, storehouse. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's going to be storehouse310.com. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I, I would invite people to come listen to our podcast too, if you don't mind us plugging that. Um, it's called Filling the Storehouse Podcast. Um, it's it's also a, a business uh, type podcast, but we like to also focus a lot on faith and family and then, um, you know, just uh, freedom in general. So uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you very much. And thank you for sharing your experiences on real estate and, and also sharing your best and challenging experiences. Also, you know, lending side and capital raising experiences. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thanks for having us, Rama. Hey, thanks, Rama. Appreciate it, bud. Yeah, thanks to us. Thank you, David. Thanks for listening to Multifamily AP360. Check out the show notes and grab the freebie on our website, ushacapital.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Follow me on my social media. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.